This week on Geek Explained, something gimply this way comes. Welcome back to Geek Explained. I'm your host, Eric Azana, and this episode is part two of our January series of comic conversations, where before the full re-debut of the podcast with episode 192 uh, drops in February, we're taking some time to just talk some comics with some incredible guests. And this week, it is a special Jimuary celebration, celebrating Jimmy Olsen possibly one of the greatest comic book characters ever created, and I am going to be joined in this amazing Jimbledon special by Cole of the Critical Rants YouTube channel and Doug of the For Every Kind of Geek YouTube channel. Each of us is bringing a contender in a triple threat smackdown of the century to decide who is the owner of the best jimmy olsen story ever each of us has an argument to make and it's going to be up to you the listener to decide who wins i'm really excited about this we had a ton of fun cole and doug are incredible uh and we all come to this with a big old passion for jimmy olsen so really excited without further ado let's dive in to a special jimply cheekbones edition of the geek explain podcast featuring critical rants and for every kind of geek Ladies and gentlemen, it's the most wonderful time of the year. It is time to celebrate Jimuary. This is the latest annual tradition that is sweeping the nation, and I am celebrating it not alone this year. No friends and family, even though a pandemic is just sweeping across the globe i have been able to celebrate this wonderful holiday with two incredible geeks who will be waving the jimical olsen flag first off i am joined by he's the only geek for every kind of geek doug hi everybody and I am joined also by, from the Critical Rants himself, also known as Cloudical Rants, also known as Jimical Rants, <laughs> it's Cole. Hey guys, thanks for having me on. <laughs> <laughs> I am very excited to have you guys on, uh, Doug returning to the podcast, Cole coming onto the podcast for the very first time. It was only a matter of time, and of course, the perfect time would be for Jimuary. Uh, welcome guys welcome to the podcast thanks for coming on for this thank you it's an honor to be back seconded it is well i guess not to be back but it's an honor to be here truly <laughs> it's on this holiday season you know on on january really the greatest time of year it, it couldn't have worked out better absolutely it's the time for pals it really is oh see 
you always have some kind of zinger <laughs> and it's it makes me mad because there's a jingle that you've got every single time and it was i think there was there was one uh video essay that you did and just let me preface this listeners if you are not familiar with these two fine gentlemen they are some of the best of comic tube in the uh video essay space rising stars the both of them and i implore you after you listen to this actually while you're listening to this <laughs> go to their youtube channels critical rants for every kind of geek check them out they're doing incredible stuff subscribe to them watch all their videos watch them a second time and then come back here and listen to them talk about jimmy olsen so these two gentlemen are here and i am very excited because jimmy is upon us we've been celebrating it for hundreds of years it feels like <laughs> at this point but we have gathered here today to try and get to the bottom of Jimmy Olsen, try to dive deep into what makes this bow-tied-clad man tick and decide what truly is the most jimical of Jimmy Olsen stories. Each one of us has an argument to uh, for a specific Jimmy Olsen story. Each of us has come battle armor clad and ready to fight it out. But before we get into each of our arguments, first off, Doug, since you are the man who got this whole thing started, can you, if our listeners are not familiar with Jimmy Olsen, give us a brief kind of cliff notes, break down what Jimmy Olsen is, what Jimmy Olsen is, and what he is basically representing here. Absolutely. So it's like you said, it's it's kind of tricky to pin down uh, Jimmy's exact history. He's as eternal a character as you can get. Um, <laughs> he actually, he made a number of unnamed appearances way back in the golden age uh, before he even had a name. He was just kind of this uh, unnamed office kid who like would bug Clark and Lois as they went about their assignments and everything. Um, and he was, he sort of went around nameless until I want to say in the forties or fifties when actually the Superman radio show started making episodes. And uh, around that time they, uh, they developed this unnamed office boy into a character. And that was Jimmy Olsen. The, like the, the radio show is where he gets a lot of his, uh, a lot of his prestige and his identity from he, um, he actually showed up most integrally in, if that's a word, in um, the uh, the Superman versus the Klan episodes, which you know naturally got adapted into an amazing comic book by Gene Luen Yang. Yes, and uh, you know since then he's kind of become the poster child for the Silver Age. He's always kind of getting into like goofier tales that always kind of reset themselves. Um, he's developed a bit of a kind of resilient personality then as this um, perpetual sidekick or just pal to, uh, you know, the more fantastic, the more enduring Man of Steel. But I think he's never really been fully in the spotlight, even, um, even years after he's been introduced. Yeah, I could not 
say it better myself. And with Jimmy Olsen, I mean, Jimmy Olsen's the dream. It's like he goes from like anonymous copy boy to one of the greatest comic book characters to ever be ever be created. And he's had a lot of stories and he's had a lot of obviously adaptations. And when it comes to really any time you adapt Superman, Jimmy Olsen is there just as much as Lois Lane is typically, you know, when it, whether it's animation, whether it's uh, animated films, whether it's video games, whether it's getting shot in the face in the Middle East in a Zack Snyder film, you know, yeah, Jimmy Olsen. Crazy about that. <laughs> yeah. I knew Jimmy that was going to come up at one point. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's my that's my argument for the greatest Jimmy Olsen story. It's it's secret agent Jimmy Olsen, right? FBI I mean, Jimmy Olsen. I, I could very easily argue that that is unironically the case, as I do have a theory, but I, I might want to save that for after the podcast. I don't know if the world's ready to hear that. Oh, OK. Yeah, you, you, got, you got to hold on to it. Make sure we don't blow the load in Jimuary in our first big Jimuary celebration. But it's like the Star Wars prequels. Jimmy is the key to everything. <laughs> he is. And no matter what, it rhymes. Jimmy also rhymes. Fairly <laughs> accurate impression. Oh, it's it's all in the hands. When you do like the the hammer yeah. hands, like that it instantly makes your your impression ten times better. But when it comes to Jimmy Olsen in particular, I'd be interested to know how each of you were introduced to the character. I was specifically introduced to him through the animated series, yeah. the most 90s Jimmy Olsen that you could find. He had the spiky mullet. He was running around with his camera. Um, I love that character. And he, much like um, Robin in the Batman animated series, as a kid, I was like, okay, I can... I can get with this kid. I know what he's doing. I know what he's about. <laughs> I'm a hip happening kid in the 90s. I can I can relate to this kid. So, Cole, how were you introduced to Jimmy Olsen and um how has that how has your relationship with the character changed over the years? Yeah, it's I honestly can't remember a single point where I was like, "Oh, this is the first like comic book or show or whatever that I that I met him." Um but I think the the moment where it really crystallized for me, where I realized, oh, this is a character that I'm going to love for the rest of my life is actually through Doug when um, he introduced me a book called Superman's Pal Jimmy Olsen, Who Killed Jimmy Olsen um, by Matt Fraction and Steve Lieber, which may come up again on this podcast, who's to say. Um, Ominous. And that was just about the best introduction I can have. Um, and I think it also kind of, gave me a love for the character of course outside of that story where kind of as Doug was saying you, Jimmy Olsen can be a lot of things and I think that story really showcases that um because he can be anything from this you know bright-eyed kid looking up to Superman to this fearless photographer to a giant turtle man falling from space and all that in the span of like an hour you know <laughs> um, so that's, I, I sort of, after that, I actually branched out, um, to a variety of Jimmy Olsen stories, maybe even some that we'll be talking about on this podcast later, who knows? Um, but that was really my, my first connection. The first time where I'm like, oh, I understand who this character is now. Like I get the appeal because Jimmy Olsen is a character that could be relegated to the background, um, or shot in the face. Um, if you know, you overlook him, <laughs> but in doing so, I think you're missing out on quite literally an infinite amount of possibility and potential. 
Gotcha. Doug, how do you meet Jim Finney Olson? Oh gosh. Uh, it's see, it's a very, it's kind of been a very roundabout way. Um, I actually found Jimmy through like reruns of the radio show. Cause they, um, they actually sold reissues of, of all of the Superman radio show on CDs way back in the day. And, um, you know, when, when I go on road trips, my family would put that just into their, into their car radio. And I would just listen to, to hours of, you know, Superman teaming up with Jimmy and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, obviously from there, I kind of went into a similar path. I saw more of him through the animated series, but then, um, I kind of, I kind of fell off of him for a few years. I just didn't see much of him or I, you know, I saw him in the background and I thought he's, you know, just a side character. And what really reignited my love for the character was one, obviously the Fraction series, like Cole talked about, but two, um, a growing movement on Twitter that uh, the silly bits or, you know, like the silver agey bits of Superman don't belong in Superman. Um, it's, it's really funny because like almost out of spite, I've kind of gone back and, and really developed a love for Jimmy and obviously all of the other characters and stories that he embodies. Yeah, it's it's funny because Jimmy Olsen's one of those characters, a lot like Superman, who, depending on what era of comics we're talking about, he can be in a wildly different place with a wildly yeah. different characterization. You can get like really fun, like as you said, like turning himself into a turtle, Jimmy, or you can get like super serious, like we gotta be gritty and I'm struggling as a newspaper photographer and you don't understand my my issues kind of jimmy olsen and he's a chameleon in that way yeah. he gets to th there's a wide range of stories you can tell with him i think one of the comics that obviously brought him into a lot of prominence was the work that was done uh on him by the king himself jack kirby who turn who basically took this character who didn't have a whole lot to do and basically said let's let's just go balls to the wall with him and from there yeah. he's kind of been this conduit for writers and artists and creative teams to really go nuts if they want to tell a fun story they can tell that story through jimmy and that's kind of what's really exciting about him as a character is anytime you hear okay somebody's going to write a one shot or somebody's going to write a mini series and they're going to write it about jimmy olsen immediately it's like okay this could be any story literally anything could happen here and that's something that's really fun about him but going into our arguments each one of us is in a corner we have our champion of uh jimothy's adventures and we are going to decide which story is the best i am going to invoke host privileges and i'm going to go first i'm going to tell you all what the correct answer is at the very beginning Truly, as we get into these arguments, listener, I want you to take in each of these arguments. I want you to take in the stories that I bring, the stories that Cole brings, the story that Doug brings. And I want you to remember, this is my podcast. There is a right <laughs> answer here. But 
<laughs> Without further ado, going into the stories here, each one of us has brought a story. My story comes from the pages of quite possibly one of the greatest superhero comic books of all time. That being All-Star Superman. Now, I know what you're thinking. Listeners, I know what you're thinking. Wait a second. All-Star Superman isn't a Jimmy story. And that's where you'd be wrong. If you haven't read that story, go back and you will find littered throughout the issues of All-Star Superman that it's really a story about Jimmy losing his friend. And it gets to a crescendo in what's in the uh, in the book titled Episode 4, Chapter 4, The Superman Olsen War. 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 This is written by Grant Morrison, uh, penciled by Frank Quitely, inked by inked and colored by Jamie Grant with letters by Phil Balsman. This is as Jimmy a story as you will find when it comes to comic books. Jimmy Olsen is the quintessential man. He is living in this dream city, working this dream job where he basically gets to get away with anything that he wants. And what's brought him a lot of, um, a lot of, I guess, for better, for lack of better word, clout in Metropolis is these four a day columns where he steps into the shoes of something or someone gets to live out their lives for a day and then he writes about it he is basically coming off of one of the best of all time i i believe let me see i want to make sure i get the title correct here um i was america's sweetheart for a day and he's thinking how do i follow this up what do i do when he gets the inspiration from his girlfriend Lucy when she brings to his attention that once again he has been voted worst dressed of the year and he is put up against the best dressed of the year, Leo Quintum. The basically the hottest scientist on the block, the new flavor of the month with his Technicolor dream coat, Jimmy gets the idea, maybe I could be Leo Quintum for a day. And so we see that Leo is heading off to more or less uh, another dimension to deal with some interdimensional nonsense. And he hands over the reins of his company, his secret projects, everything to Jimmy Olsen. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? Absolutely sure Jimmy actually says that in the story. What could go wrong? <laughs> and so Jimmy is adorned with Leo's uh, rainbow coat, and he gets to work. He comes across a couple of the projects, one of which has a name that is probably no big deal. It's Doomsday. We've never heard of Doomsday in Superman comics. It doesn't, you know, that's not related. That won't come up later. But... He does find himself witness to a, a basically a interdimensional mining project where they are taking something out and unfortunately the intense gravity from a super heavy oh super heavy uh super collider type thing starts to break down the equipment and draw Jimmy into a black hole. Uh one of my favorite moments is clark sitting in the daily uh in the daily planet talking to perry white and perry is like 
just giving him this glowing review on an article that he has recently written. He's like, man, this is great. This is incredible. Hey, I'm I'm complimenting you. What are you doing? And he's just like, oh, I got to go. And he says, oh, my land, the most country bumpkin thing that you could you could possibly expect him to say. Uh, Superman flies in, saves Jimmy, saves some of the equipment. But we find out that what was being mined was a sphere of black kryptonite, which ends up turning Superman evil. And so begins the war of Superman and Jimmy Olsen. Jimmy Olsen, surrounded by some of the greatest technological advancements known to man, and Superman at the height of his powers. An all-star Superman, uh, Superman has been supercharged by being so close to the sun that he could taste it. And he has not only gained an immunity to uh, green kryptonite, but is also dying. So this whole series is based around him basically doing the labors of Hercules before he goes. And at this moment, Superman is wreaking havoc on Metropolis. And Jimmy is faced with a decision. Either allow the biggest gun that the project has to take superman out which is more or less just a giant laser or he can get involved with project doomsday and of course jimmy's got to pick the one that's more fun so he picks project doomsday a small injectable gun that he injects himself with and jimmy becomes doomsday listeners you have not seen the perfect Jimmy Olsen until you've seen Jimmy Doomsday and you this smackdown even though it's brief does allow for Jimmy to finally go toe-to-toe with Superman which answers the question that we've all been waiting on who would win out a fight truly Jimmy Olsen or Superman I won't spoil who wins but it is a smackdown for the ages and as everything wraps up Jimmy makes one last Basically, one last request of the project before he gives it up to Leo, and he gets to write I Love Lucy on the moon for his girlfriend. A wonderful little tie around to show his girlfriend, yeah, I'm hot shit too. (laughs) I'm the Jimmy Olsen. So, listeners, there's no argument here. This is the best Jimmy story, but... I will allow Cole and Doug to try to prove me wrong. Cole, what is the story you've brought forth for this Jimical Smackdown? Well, um, in, a, in a shock to everyone, uh, the story I've brought is Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, who killed Jimmy Olsen, written by Matt Fraction, with art by Steve Lieber, colored by Nathan Fairburn, and with letters by Clayton Cowles. Um, This was released in 2019. It has won multiple Eisner Awards, and frankly, it deserves all the praise that it gets. Um, It's going to be a tough, tough competition. I mean, that is a quintessential Jim Bolden Olsen story in All-Star Superman number four that Eric just laid out. It really does have it all, but I'd argue that Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, who killed Jimmy Olsen, has even more all, because this truly (laughs) is a love letter to anything and everything Jimmy Olsen. If you look back at his whole history from, you know, when he was an unnamed office boy to right now in in 2022, Jimmy Olsen has been anything and everything. Um, It is 
a book that is incredibly funny and extremely goofy where yes, Jimmy Olsen does turn into a giant turtle man and plummet to earth from space. Uh, He's fine, by the way, don't worry. Um, But it's also a story about him solving his own murder. Um, The very premise of the book itself is that somebody is wants Jimmy Olsen dead um, and he has to flee Metropolis because he's not safe there and solve his own murder. It's a story with billions of suspects, billions of motives. And, you know, I won't spoil it in its entirety, that's for sure, because it's genuinely a story that I think everyone should read. It's one of my favorite comic books of all time. But be assured that there are some classic Olsen hijinks that ensue. Um, It takes him all across the DC universe from Gorilla City to Gotham City to other cities. And um, I think even, you know, to kind of bounce off what Eric was sort of describing, you know, there's there's a lot of heart in All-Star Superman number four. There's a lot of heart in that issue. There's a lot of humor. But um, I think Who Killed Jimmy Olsen really brings that to the next level. And, you know, it is maybe keep in mind, dear listeners, that, you know, I'm bringing an entire maxi series here, but I would argue that a single issue of this book could stand toe to toe uh, with, with what Eric and Doug have, have come to the table with. Um, And that's, that's because simply who killed Jimmy Olsen is, is a celebration of Jimmy Olsen. It is really from start to finish. You, if you look back at, you know, all the Throughout Jim Vinnie Olsen's entire history, you have a character who is nebulous, who can change um, and be pretty much anything the writers need him to be. And Who Killed Jimmy Olsen leans into that and even confronts that directly at some points of acknowledging that Jimmy Olsen is a man of many, many talents and really a man of many in general. Um, But as for the book itself and why it's special, I realize I've kind of been talking in circles here. It's the structure of the book is very odd, um, to put it politely. (laughs) It's an oddly structured book in that it is chaotic and all over the place and jumping around in time and space. And what could suit Jimmy Olsen better than that? I mean, Timmy, he's he's a chaotic guy Um, in one of the there's even a cutaway at one point where it flashes back to something earlier in the story and he just kind of says, oh, well, this probably won't come up again, right? And then of course it comes up again. I'm trying to think of really how to summarize the book because there really is no substitute for it. Um, You just really have to read it. But I think one of my favorite parts about it is that despite how chaotic and absurd, um, this is, you know, I mean, Gorilla City folks, Gorilla City, Gorilla Champagne, need I say more? But despite all of that, it still has this massive beating heart that is ever present, that just like Jimmy Olsen himself, there is this constant humanity and care for the characters in the story that I think really comes through. I'd argue not really in spite of all the absurd, absurd, wacky shenanigans, but even because of them. Um, And if you're unfamiliar with Matt Fraction's work, um, he's, you know, he's been all over the place in the comics industry. Um, the Hawkeye show that recently wrapped up, he, you know, wrote the comic that it was based on, also an excellent comic, and many more things, but he really captures this amazing voice for Jimmy Olsen, where he is just unbelievably funny in both what he says and how he acts in a way that feels authentic and very, very human. Um, it's kind of this, this grand tour of the DC universe, um, 
I mean, you get to see everything from Dr. Fate, who, yes, Jimmy Olsen is more powerful than, as, as that story proves. He does defeat Dr. Fate in single combat. How? You'll have to read to find out, but I am not lying when I say that. You might think I am. Um, but you get to see him do crazy things like that, and then you also get to see him be there for his pals. And uh, if that ain't Jimmy Olsen, man, I don't know what is. That is a stunning argument. I was not expecting to be to be challenged this way, but I'm going to roll the dice and I'm going to continue on. Doug, I'm sure you've brought us a gimply amazing book. <laughs> Lay it on us. Well, it's it's tough to follow that amazing pun, but uh quick warning before i jump into this uh this story is a jimmy olsen story but it also kind of touches on some heavier themes so uh feel free to skip ahead to our later arguments i for this i decided i'd take things in a slightly different direction i've i've spent like the last few months really diving into you know the wackier side of Jimmy Olsen's adventures, like his Silver Age, his um, you know his time with Jack Kirby. I feel like that's what we all think of, which is why I wanted to find a story that felt uh, understood Jimmy and his connection to Superman, and you know obviously the people around him in a very human way. So you know I I did a little bit of research and I found a single issue from a miniseries called World of Metropolis. This was, uh, I think, written or rather published in 1988. This was back when John Byrne was, uh, you know, in full force on the Superman line. Uh, and the series is, let me see here, written by John Byrne, penciled by Wynne Mortimer, inked by uh, Dick Giordano and Sal Trapani. It's lettered by Albert de Guzman, uh, colored by Tom Zuko, and it's it's very hard to describe just the journey that this takes you on. Um, I might get a little bit into spoilers. Sorry, this is a thirty-year-old comic. <laughs> but <laughs> if you can't spoil a thirty-year-old comic, what can you spoil? Yeah, that's really. fair. But. Um, it's very interesting because it starts off in a very, you know, typical place for Jimmy. He's, he's in peril. He's, um, he's actually wearing a wig and sunglasses. But what's interesting is for this, he is holding out um, on using his famous signal watch. In fact, the, the premise of the story is we actually get the origin of the signal watch and why it's so important to Jimmy, why it's important to Superman. So long story short, obviously Jimmy uses it. After some reluctance, Superman flies in, saves him, and we're immediately treated to a bit of a flashback, kind of Tarantino style to four years earlier, where we see Jimmy starting out his kind of internship phase at the Daily Planet. He um, He's kind of got a Peter Parker thing going on where he's spinning a bunch of plates, trying to keep it all balanced. But what's interesting is when he's on the way to his job, he runs into uh, an old friend, Chrissy. And right off the bat, there's a bit of a tonal shift. She mentions her home life is a bit rough. 
and um, she's she's kind of unsure of where to turn. So naturally, Jimmy kind of puts that on the back burner. He he comes back later, and you find out that things have actually gotten worse. Chrissy has been fighting with her mother, and she comes in kind of like taking the story on a dark turn. She um, she kind of tells Jimmy that she's taken a bunch of something. She doesn't really know what to do next. And immediately this 14-year-old kid springs into action. He, he runs over to his mom. Basically, they try to phone anybody and everybody to get help. But, um, you know, there's no way of finding Superman. And in a fit of rage, Jimmy just kind of tears his his phone off of like the the receiver, which, by the way, um, as like a little lighthearted aside for any of our younger readers, phones used to come with cords. <laughs> so Jimmy kind of sees the uh, the torn receiver and he immediately gets an idea. He goes, oh, my gosh, I've I've got something. And he runs into his room, which has like this kind of makeshift machine shop of just like you know little bits and pieces of radio parts and he cobbles together something and immediately we cut to Clark Kent in the Daily Planet and he suddenly springs up like he's heard something so immediately we cut back to back to the scene things are obviously pretty dire but we see Superman arrive just in the nick of time and things de-escalate pretty quickly. Um, we kind of pick up with Chrissy after the fact where she has a lovely heart-to-heart -heart with Superman. It's actually the moment that sold me on this story because it feels very much like what um, we saw in, actually going back to Eric, what we saw in All-Star Superman. There's a, a moment with a woman named Reagan that I think parallels this perfectly. And uh, let me find the page here. But basically, um, Superman comes to this, this girl and he gives her reassurance. He says, you're not alone, Chrissy. You've got a good friend in Jimmy Olsen. And now you've got a good friend in me. And I think that is the perfect encapsulation, not only of Superman, but of what Jimmy Olsen represents. I think the perfect part of the story and this is kind of reiterated later, is um, you don't need to have superpowers to make a difference in the world. Sometimes you just have to be there for somebody when they need it. There's a, there's a great panel towards the end where Jimmy mentions, of course, Superman isn't the god. He's just a friend. Maybe the best friend anyone or everyone ever had. And to me, that is what encapsulates Jimmy to a T. He, above all else, he is the friend who is there for anybody and everybody. Okay, so maybe I uh, maybe I spoke too soon at the beginning of this, where I figured this was going to be an easy uh, easy decision between the three of us. So I feel like at this point we've got three. I would say fairly different stories. We've got a story that's full of heart. We've got a story that's full of shenanigans. 
and we've got a story that's full of technicolor dream coats and i think now would be a good time to let you know that whoever wins this lex luthor has donated a a million dollars to the winner of the smackdown so with the stakes at an all-time high let's go into final arguments let's talk about what the story means to you what jimmy olsen means to you and why you think this is the best jimmy olsen story i will go first to start things off and to me what my story represents jimmy olsen is a timeless figure in modern literature jimmy olsen at some points can be a shakespearean tragedy he could also be an i love lucy style hilarious comedy jimmy olsen's story in all-star superman number four is this wonderful stopgap in the middle or near you know the middle of a of a superhero epic where the stakes are at an all-time high where at any point we could see the end of our beloved superman this story puts the puts jimmy olsen right in the driver's seat where he should be and allows not just the reader to get a much deserved break with all of the world-ending stakes that are going on in almost every single other chapter of all-star superman but it reminds you what what is the most i would say what is one of the most important parts of superman and that is the connections that he's made jimmy olsen was introduced to me as superman's pal i've always known jimmy olsen in that way jimmy olsen even though he fully has the capabilities to run his own show and as we've seen in a 12 issue maxi series by matt fraction he can carry his own book without a whole lot of uh muss or fuss but at his heart he is superman's pal and for someone like me who grew up loving superman as a character he's my favorite superhero he has always been my favorite superhero he will always be my favorite superhero the most that i could ever hope for is to be superman's pal so in that way jimmy olsen is my spirit animal he is my inspiration he is what i aspire to be and even though he is quite literally the most ridiculous person in any given situation regardless of who he's in the room with jimical jimphony jimbly cheekbones olsen will always be superman's pal and for me that means he'll always be my pal cole final arguments well that's a tough act to follow um but i think really going off of what you just said jimmy olsen is everybody's pal and I think that's a feature that's really highlighted um, in Who Killed Jimmy Olsen, which is just the shorthand I'm going to use to describe the title of my book that I'm bringing to the table here. Um, Who Killed Jimmy Olsen is a story that very squarely puts Jimmy in the center. All right. He is on his own. He doesn't have Superman's aid anymore. He specifically asked Superman not to intervene because he needs to stand on his own. It's a problem that he got himself into and only he can get himself out. And it rightfully puts him in the spotlight. Um, which, you know, in all the stories you guys have mentioned, Jimmy Olsen is in the spotlight of these stories, but, you know, 
he's not in the spotlight of the overarching stories. That's relegated for Superman. You know, Superman's, you know, one of the best superheroes, if not the best superhero. Let's face it, the best superhero ever created. Seconded. (laughs) And seeing Jimmy on his own, you really get to see him experience things. I mean, he's cut off from his resources. Um, You know, he comes from a wealthy family and he doesn't have access to that. You get to see him live in this story in a really, really crappy Gotham City apartment. And you also get to see him get into a prank war with Batman. And I won't spoil how that turns out, but every single drop of ink on the page that you read is glorious. Um, You get to see him go up against Lex Luthor. You get to see him visit Gorilla City. I said that before and I'll say it again. Because to quote Jimmy Olsen, it's a city full of gorillas. I go as often as I can. (laughs) I mean, if that alone isn't enough to sell you on it, I don't know what is. But there's one last point I'd like to make is that even kind of going off what Doug was saying earlier, you know, Jimmy Olsen is, is a point of connectivity to the people around him. And that doesn't always come across right away. You know, Jimmy Olsen brings chaos with him. When he walks into the door, mayhem ensues one way or the other not because he wants that to happen it just it that's just his life his life is wild and crazy and wacky and bizarre and often that can lead to lots of collateral damage but despite that what i think who killed jimmy olsen highlights so well is that ultimately the people in jimmy olsen's life are better for having known him and i think really that's that's what defines the type of character that we see on the page when we read jimmy olsen is that he improves the lives of people around him in very small ways. You know, it's, he's not, well, sometimes he does save the world and sometimes he does save the city from a giant monster on a rampage. Maybe that giant monster on a rampage is him because he transformed into a large turtle man, you know, but regardless, at the end of the day, he comes through for the people who need him. Um, And he does that as just a regular person working at the Daily Planet. And that's a heroic thing to do and kind of shows us that, even if you don't have the ability to leap tall buildings in a single bound, you can still be a pal and make a difference. And that's what this story highlights so beautifully. God damn. All right, Cole. Incredible. I want, I want Lex Luthor's money, man. I do not have any issue taking money. <laughs> don't from we all? Don't we all? Uh, Doug, please give us your final arguments. Oops, sorry. I think my my service went out there for a sec okay sorry about that this it was a it was a dramatic pause <laughs> i was just gathering my thoughts <laughs> it's i mean it is tricky to follow two greats like that especially when you take a um you take a smaller scale book that kind of reads like an after school special at one point um <laughs> But I do think that this story is the kind that grows on you. It's something that I've really grown to appreciate because it it really fleshes out the the very human element at the heart of Jimmy Olsen. Um, I know that we we've mentioned that he hasn't really been in the spotlight all that much. And this book does kind of feed into that. He's not the one who really, I, I want to air quote here, saves the day. He's not the one who physically does that. But at the same time, I think this book makes the point that you don't have to be that person. You don't have to be the one with all the power. You don't have to be uh, the one at the center of it all. 
because sometimes the just the act of making a friend can be the difference. The fact that Jimmy is friends with Superman, the fact that he was friends with Chrissy and that he still is, um, I think might be his greatest strength. And it shows just, you don't have to, to make a story about, you know, Titanic stakes or, you know, you don't have to shape it around this big world ending event because any little bit of that matters. And um, the best thing about Jimmy Olsen is he can he can do it all. He can obviously do that that um, you know that big weird cosmic Kirby scale stuff. But he's also just a guy. He's everybody's pal, and that's what I really like about him. Well, listener, we've had three very good arguments for the best Jimmy Olsen story of all time. Each of us vying for a million dollars of Lex Luthor's money. And here I have been handed an envelope for the winner to be announced here. Let's see here. And the winner is for the three-way Jimmy Olsen Smackdown. Wait, this can't be right. Hold on. I have a written letter here from irresponsible blogger Timmy Olsen. He says he's stolen Lex Luthor's money while we were all making our arguments, and he is investing it in making a Mount Rushmore of Jimmy Olsen faces on LexCore Tower. See, as much as I hate Timmy Olsen, I feel like his heart's in the right place with this. I gotta say, what a scamp. What a gosh darn scamp. Oh, you just, you gotta love him. That son of a gun. You know, if anybody's gonna take Lex Luthor's money, I guess it would make sense for Timmy Olsen to take it. He's yeah. He's been getting a lot of views recently. I mean, he, rightfully so. I, I mean, I'm not even one to, you know, tune into vlogs and pranks, but... My gosh, I mean, you guys remember the time where he he fit as many Joker lookalikes in the Cookie Pagoda in Gotham City, right? Absolutely. Was, I mean, that was great. Absolutely. I was glued to my phone watching that. I don't much care for the guy. I think uh, he's everything that Jimmy Olsen isn't, and that rubs me the wrong way. There's just something magnetic about him, though. There's something magnetic about his presence. I mean, he looks so much like Jimmy Olsen, you'd almost think that he is him, but... I mean, he couldn't be. He that couldn't possibly worse, be. Though. Sometimes he has a mustache. That's that's true. Jimmy Olsen has never had a mustache. It's true. At least not the Jimmy Olsen that I know him of. Yeah. <laughs> well, dear listener, it looks like we'll never truly get to the bottom of which of these three stories is the best Jimmy Olsen story, which means you've got a job to do. You need to read all three of these stories. Read every Jimmy Olsen story and then come to us. Let us know what Jimmy Olsen story is your favorite, why you love it so much. And that's as good a way to spend Jimuary as any. I think. Gentlemen, it has been a blast going through Jimmy Olsen with the two of you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's always good to talk about good comics. Um, I will now leave the floor open to you. Plug what you like. If 
our listeners want to keep up to date with your stuff, if they want to find out how best to contact you with their Jimuary celebrations, uh, Doug, where can our listeners find you? Well, you can follow me on Twitter or YouTube at Timmy. No, no. <laughs> Wait a second. Hang on. Doug also has a mustache. Wait a minute. <laughs> no, but you you can follow me on Twitter at Every Kind of Geek and on YouTube for Every Kind of Geek. Cole. Yeah, I uh, at on Twitter I am at critical underscore rants, and on YouTube I am critical rants. Uh, both of these guys, like I said before, are incredible. They have put out some of my favorite comic tube content. Ugh. I, I get Timmy Olsen shivers just at the word of content, but <laughs> genuinely some of the best stuff that I have been witness to, uh, if I want to name a couple here, I mean, for critical rants man from software february i mean we've got one of the best deep dives into cassandra kane that i've ever seen on youtube cole has a ton of heart in every single video that he puts out and you can tell that there is a certain passion there that is hard to quantify and when it comes to doug literally you look at any of his videos concerning the Hickman X-Men era. This guy is at the forefront on the edge of what is it? The the edge of ingenuity when it comes to how he's formatting his videos, the stuff he's putting out there. It is just incredible to see him track an era of comic books that people are going to remember for a long time. Whenever I think Hickman x-men era i'm going to think the for every kind of geek x-men era so go subscribe to both of these gentlemen go follow them on twitter shout at them how good jimmy olsen is they deserve it and more importantly you deserve it you deserve to go and grain yourself in jimmy olsen and you deserve to have a pal like jimmy olsen that is going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Once again, thank you to Cole. Thank you to Doug for joining me on this Jimical adventure. Um, tune in next week for a brand new episode of the Geek Explain podcast. Same geek time, same geek channel. But for now, I've been Eric Azana. He's been Doug. That's been Cole. Thank you very much for listening. And we will see you next time. Praise Jimply. Praise Jim, please. And be a pal. <laughs>